And welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the uh, Blue versus the Green show. Uh, and we are officially at the midway point of the NFL season. And miraculously, despite everything that has happened this season, the Giants are fully out of it. And the Jets are also not fully out of it. You guys are still batting 500. I can't believe that. What's up, guys? Yes. What's going on? What's up, Walt? What's up, Gabe? What's up, man? Um, you know, before we get started, just remember, guys, thank you guys for for, for checking us out. Um, don't forget to like, rate, share, and subscribe. If you're already subscribed, thank you for welcoming back, for coming back. And uh, don't forget to hit that notify button. Um, and, uh, yeah, let's kind of get into it because, I mean, where do we even start? I suppose we could start with the Jets, but where do we even start? Because there's so many different places to start. Um, I know that all of us have been kind of – I think all of us have been trying to not chat so much um, to save it for the episode, but it's it's almost like it's impossible not to. So even though I feel like I've gotten a lot of what your thoughts are, I would love to kind of hear what you guys thought about. Um, well, where are you guys' mindset at? I mean, the loss is, is, is fresh. The Not even the loss, the performance. The performance of the Jets yesterday is fresh in your minds. Um, so I kind of want to know where you guys are at. Um, we'll start with the Jets. We'll talk a little bit about the Giants and their situation moving forward. We'll get there um, about that at the halfway point. But let's go ahead and, and, and get into it with the uh, with the Jets. Well, Jose, who wants to go first? Anybody? Anyone? Anyone? All right. Uh, I guess I'll start because I was actually yeah. there for that debacle. Um, That's right. I had completely forgotten that you were actually uh, um, going to the game until I saw yeah. posts. And, yeah. and, and, and just real quick on that. You know, I'm not going to lie, MetLife, not JetLife Stadium, but MetLife Stadium does look pretty awesome in the dark with all the green and everything, uh, the green field, the green lights, everything. It does look pretty awesome. I, I got to I gotta give it to, to, to you guys for, oh, my God, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry. You're going to see Hino a lot tonight. Uh, she's very antsy. I just got home. She's uh, uh doesn't understand why I'm not giving her attention. So, um, yeah, uh, we'll see what's up. With the rest of the cast uh but yeah uh it, it it really looked awesome in the pictures in the videos uh you also had um uh who 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 was it that you guys honored that you guys inducted into the hall of fame uh darrell revis that's right darrell revis that was really really cool to see so at least you got something out of the experience of going over there uh but yeah talk, talk, talk to us all so i i've been to to metlife stadium a couple of times in the dark um but the last time that i was there uh, Chad Pennington was our quarterback. So this is the first time that I've been to MetLife at night. And I, I've got to say, the Jets really know how to do it up when it comes to these night games. You know, as, as much as you and I both know how much I hate MetLife as a stadium. It's atrocious. The, the difference between day and night is, well, day and night. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um the experience was incredible, you know, like getting into the stadium just on that particular night, everybody was amped up. I mean, you know, people were walking in, you had J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets chance every two seconds getting into the, into the stadium. Um, and, you know, the fireworks, um, you know, the introduction of the Jets. The light sinks that they had with the with the bracelets and stuff like that, everything was incredible. You know what I'm saying? And I gotta tell you, Monday night, 
at least in my experience, was the loudest that I've ever hit, heard MetLife in a long time. That crowd was amped. And to see what happened was super disappointing. And it actually took away, in my, in my mind, the Hall of Fame ring ceremony for Darrell Rivas because going into halftime, everybody just left their seat. Oh, you know, I didn't even think about that. How many people did leave the stadium? Well, uh, they didn't leave the stadium, but they left their seats because they were like, you know what? I need a break from this crap. You know, what I'm I guess so. And, yeah. and that's what happened. And so, li- listen, I even left because I'm like, I can't I can't sit here and watch this team. And I can't sit here for the next 15 minutes just thinking about what I just saw. And it wasn't until I got to the concession stand that I was like, oh, crap. Revis is getting his ring. So, you know, it, it, it just very, very disappointing. And again, this is the Jets where they have the opportunity right in front of them and they screw the pooch and fail miserably because this is not the first time that it's happened in the Salah era. Um, you know, we've had opportunities before where we've had the opportunity to show that we belong and then we don't do it. So, you know, that's where I'm coming from. Getting home at 1.30 in the morning after watching that, Ugh. I'm like, why? That's got to be a little brutal. Yeah, so it is what it is, man. It is what it is. Uh, Jose? Yeah. Jose, did, so, you, get, you, did you see the game? I know that, like, yeah. sometimes you aren't able to watch the games, but being this, uh, it's Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football. Football. Yeah. Like, you know, you did get to see it from the beginning to end. Yeah, I got to. We have a YouTube TV. We share a YouTube TV account with our in-laws, and um, so we watched the game. And I had guests. I had um, a fan of the Green Bay Packers, a friend from Wisconsin, uh, a Rod supporter, uh, and a couple of friends from New York. My my fan Lyle, Vikings fan. We actually uh, saw the the Vikings play the Falcons at Mercedes Benz Stadium on Sunday. So we got our own football in. We got a lot of football in this weekend as well. Mm-hmm. My good friend, jo- other good friend, uh, was visiting as well. He's more of a Chiefs fan, but whatever. It, it is what it is. I did get to see the game, right? And, um, I mean, the defense, once again, stood up. They weren't even any serious, like, first-half issues or anything that you could point at. You could say the defense didn't keep the, the team in or didn't play that perfect 85 Bears defense that they've been promising. I mean, we made another elite top-10 quarterback look like uh, like a peewee league football player you know i mean herbert for all the the crap that's been talked about him in big games this season well, he's another high level quarterback that we we held him to what 136 yards i think uh of passing in this game something ridiculously low one of the worst games of the season um but yeah like there's there are going to be too many things to be said about the offense and and i'm going to start in a lot of different places but i think that besides the the role of Joe Douglas in all of this, because I think a lot of us, we're, we're going to both get a chance to talk about our general managers, I think, a little bit today. Um, besides the role of Joe Douglas in all of this, the it's Sal is starting to lose me. I have to say that at the top because he's not holding anybody accountable. I think that's the problem here. You, everybody's talking about, oh, bench Zach, bench this person, bench, or not even, just bench Zach. What other player on the Jets besides Zach Wilson has has lost snaps? Has there been a conversation about them being benched other than Elijah Moore last year when he was talking a lot of crap? 
and Zach Wilson. So it seems like the only players that get benched are not for performance, but for uh, ruining Salah's fantasy land. So there's going to be a lot to talk about, I think, on that for me, but we'll get into it. And then, like, that was the my atrocious impressions from the Monday night game. For me, um, you know, it's it's sort of it, – it's funny because here in the New York sports area, we are – you know, almost all our teams are, are terrible, ironically enough. The section that's uh, doing doing the best uh, out of New York sports is hockey, you know, the one sport that I think a lot of people in New York don't care about, um, hockey and women's basketball. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but especially in our, in football, both of our teams are very, very similar in very similar situations, you know, with the, uh, question of, uh, the coaching staff questioning the, uh, the, the quarterback situations and stuff like that, questioning, you know, general management and stuff like that. But even though they're similar situations, they're very, very different reasons why these questions are up and, and with the jets, um, uh, specifically with Zach Wilson, the way that, the way that that and we've mentioned this before, the way that he makes the difficult things look easy, uh, and then the easy things look so difficult. Um, it's just to me, Zach Wilson is the girl in the red dress. Okay, and I referenced that from the Matrix. It's you go into the Matrix. Uh, one of the first lessons that you learn when you get into the Matrix is is don't cross the camera, cat, get out of here. Um, no, the one of the first lessons that you learn is avoid don't pay attention to the girl in the red dress because it's a trap um and the girl in the red dress is zach wilson sorry guys stop it i'm busy um and and when i say that it's you see the girl pass by in the red dress catches your attention you're like oh i like that and what that is from zach is the 28 seconds that we saw last week is like oh i like that what you did at the end of the game I want to see that. I've seen that before in other games where in the last two minutes, it seems like he can he can get you downfield with some bomb passes and, and, and make a play and stuff. You know, we've seen this often enough. And like those plays, that kind of that those those moments that we've gotten from Zach this season, even last season, uh, but mostly this season, that is the red dress. But then when we get there and we realize, oh, wait, no, that's a facade. What you get unfortunately, is someone that's going to break your heart at the end of the day and go with someone else. You know, I was going to say something way worse, uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to keep it a little bit more family-oriented and family and, and a little bit more PG. That's the way that I look at it. Zach Wilson is just – he does enough to kind of make you believe. And and and, and it's funny because here – I'm a Giants fan, um, but hearing this from a lot of other diehard, longtime Jets fans, what's the thing that we hear? It's, it's This team makes you believe just to rip your heart out, you know? And this is kind of that situation. Zach Wilson does enough to make you believe to then uh, rip your heart out. And it's not just Zach Wilson. That's the other thing, too. I know that I messed just Zach Wilson. With the specific game, it's not just Zach Wilson. It's Zach Wilson. I would say it's equally on the coaching staff. Um, and and we have, like, a lot of hits, a lot of misses uh, on the on the offense in general. It's, it's an atrocious offense. They're playing – two to three levels below the defense that you guys have. It's unfair to the defense that you guys are are, 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 are putting out there. But all of it really is kind of a little bit of a snowball effect. It's a matter of where is that snowball starting from? Is it starting from the coaching? Is it starting from the quarterback? Or is it starting from somewhere else? I think that it's starting from – I think that it's starting from the, 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 the 
quarterback. And then it's a small snowball that that the coaching is now turning into a really, really big one very, very fast. So, so that being right. said, mm-hmm. I mean, I say, you know, we there's not much to talk about the game. There aren't anything, any really, really, you know, glaring things that are positive to talk about. So, you know, we figure instead of going through like the regular format where we kind of go detailing like, you know, quarterback play, coaching play, offense, defense, so on and so forth, result of the game. We're just going to open it up, yeah? So, yeah. Uh, what, so what are you uh, – Jose, you had your hand up. Oh, okay. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Walt. Go ahead, Walt. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to – I'm, I'm gonna just say gesturing in frustration. Yeah, I'm just going to say something real quick because it, it kinda, it's kind of leaping off what um, Gabe was saying before. It's like, you know, we, we look at the quarterback. So, here, here's the progression that I have in terms of my mind when it comes to the Jets right now. You know, um, if if you're looking at the offense, well, who do you look at? You look at the quarterback. Do you trust them? No. Okay. So then let's let's move to the next one. If it's not the quarterback, then do you go to your wide receivers? Do you trust them? No. Okay. So then let's move on to the next. If it's not the wide receivers, then do you trust the offensive line? No, you don't. So let's keep going. If it's not the offensive line. Are you going to trust the coaching staff to scheme up something to make this offense work? Mm, the answer is no. So on multiple levels, this offense is historically bad. And again, it's not Zach. I think we've we've already said that, but Zach is part of the problem. You know, he's this is a multifaceted, multi-layered problem that the Jets have. You can't trust the quarterback. You can't trust the offensive line. You have one wide receiver that you can trust. You have a running back that can't get free because of the fact that the defense is going to, you know, focus on the quarterback. I mean, on the running back and not give him any chance because they don't care about the quarterback. They know they're not worried about the quarterback. And you have a a coaching staff, Hackett, that is not doing anything to scheme these guys open to, I mean, Listen, and Jose, you were first, you were first hand, you have first hand knowledge of this. Joshua Dobbs walked into the room without knowing a single person's name with no practice, and he found a way to make that offense work. No snap We've been counts. dealing with this with two hours of Wilson. reviewing the playbook, I think, on, on exactly. the Friday before with the coach. How is it that a guy can walk off the street and play well? But yet we have Zach three years into this experiment and he still can't throw it, you know, and be reliable like that. You know what I'm saying? That's the problem that I have. And again, Zach has shown improvement. He actually looks like a quarterback this year. But the fact of the matter is for the last three years, the Jets have been 30 and below in offense. And that has to start somewhere, and he's got to take some of the blame for this. I got thoughts on that, uh, and I'll and I'll get to that. But Jose, your thoughts on 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 you know overall, and as well as uh you know Walt's comments. So I'm going to start with the coaching on this one because like the obviously the conversation this big this week has been bench sack, bench sack, bench sack all over New York sports media, and one of the few people that By actually week, agrees we're with me. Twenty four hours. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> 24 hours for this week. This, this long new 24 hours, man. This new NFL football week. One of the few people that agrees with me, though, that 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 is a complete overreaction. Because let's be honest, who the hell are you going to play 
Tim Boyle. You really think we're going to get something much better out of Tim Boyle? You think we're going to get a lot better out of Trevor Simeon? I'm not talking about like whether or not they understand the offense or not. I'm talking about Tim Boyle was, I think, two for eight with the Bears last year. We're 33 yards and two interceptions in the only passes that he's ever thrown. Whatever. You could say he hasn't had enough experience. But like I have to start with the coaching here because, like I said at the top of the of the episode, if you look at it and you really start to look at it from a coaching perspective, um, first of all, Tiki agrees with me that this is more of an early year for Zach Wilson. I think you kind of like taciturnly, like tacitly, excuse me, agreed with me yourself, Gabe, that this is like an early season, less a third year for Zach Wilson and maybe a second year or in Tiki's estimation, he calls this his rookie year. But you look at how this team is coached in terms of personnel, right? That, that starts with the head coach. We've talked about this a million times. When, when things go wrong, when you have a quarterback who's actually doing better than he has over the last few years, and every metric points to that, and you see a running back in Dalvin Cook who can't gain a yard unless you give him some volume, when you have an Izzy Abanaconda, you have a Michael Carter that can fill that position. Why is there no talk about benching Dalvin Cook? When you see, uh, you know, a – uh, excuse me, an Alan Lazard, who is a receiver that I really like, actually, because as an, a number three option, he's a great receiver at giving you the the emergency option, right? He breaks his routes. He runs towards the quarterback. He gives you that ability to kind of get a catch there, all right? But he's also the worst second wide receiver option in the league. Why has there been no talk about getting him fewer snaps? In fact, why has he gotten more snaps each and every single week as he's continued to struggle when he has only 30 more receiving yards than he does penalty yards 71 to 41 okay why does randall cobb get any snaps why do, do we not well with the offensive line we're talking about talking about injuries but when you're talking about earlier in the season when beckton was struggling when turner was struggling when lincoln tomlinson was struggling why was there no talk about benching them then why is there no talk about benching or moving anybody anywhere to 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 other than zach wilson on this team and, and I have to say it again. I was talking with my friend earlier today about Nicole Hardman, who the, the Jets just traded right back to, to the Chiefs without any fanfare, without giving him any plays really to chew on. The first thing he, do, he does when he returns to Kansas City is, is score a touchdown. What has he done after? It doesn't Absolutely matter. Nothing. It doesn't matter. But like, it, but he's, no, he's done more than any to... other Jets wide receiver with one touchdown. But if, but if he, he went to KC, right? You would imagine that he's going to do something. He's done absolutely jack shit since he's been there. He's got yeah, the one again, point, and that's it. So think about think about one thing. Like again, you have a speed receiver like that. We talked about this. You have something that can actually take away the focus from the constantly double teamed Garrett Wilson. Lazard ain't going to do it. And then again, last last player that I'll name that like nobody wants to like think about benching for some damn reason, and he cost us quite big. Uzoma. Why the hell is he out there? He's I not good at that. catching passes. He's not good at, at blocking for the run. When you have Ruckert sitting on the bench, who can pass block, who can run block. He can't catch, but two out of three ain't bad. So you have all these personal decisions that you can make to try to do something with this offense. And the first thing that everybody says every single week is bench Zach Wilson. I'm well, getting a little sick of it. When they well, don't do anything else, that, when, when Salah and, and Hackett right. don't do anything else. Right. 
So, but, but, so, all right. So I, I'm going to take over a little bit here just because I got like some points from both of you guys that I kind of want to break down. Okay. So, yeah, we got to go through the cycle of everything. If it's not the quarterback you don't trust, then it's you go to your wide receivers, then your O line, then your running back, then the coaching, the whole nine. But there is a starting point, right? And, and that's why that starting point is so important because if you don't trust, uh, if you don't, if you don't trust the QB, then why don't you trust him? It's because you, maybe you don't trust that he can make this throw or that throw or read the field or make the right decisions. Part of the right decisions is who to throw to. Maybe some of the receivers, maybe Lazard is getting these, these shots because that's the decision that he's making. Instead of making a better decision, he's making the worst decision in the moment against a receiver that he knows that is not that great at catching the ball. That could be one of the reasons. Uh, another one of the reasons is, you know, Brees Hall maybe not getting most of the runs, not necessarily because of the defense, but because the 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 the, the coaching staff hasn't coached up the O line um, in a way that can that can develop this run. And part of that is more on like the uh, issues that you guys have with the O line, shuffling positions, and them not knowing how to create innovative openings for running backs. So you're very limited to what run plays that you can run. So there is that where the coaching can be a little bit hamstrung there. But that doesn't mean that the coaching shouldn't try anyways. Because the truth is you can create an innovative run play or try to kind of be a little bit innovative. And it could be worse than what it is now, right? But let me just let me just give one example, though. It's not necessarily like we can talk about the creativity. We all agree that there's no creativity in the play calling. But let's talk about a situational like ridiculous call let's talk about third and three on well, the well, actually, 42 well, yard I, want, I want to get to that but let, let, let me let me just finish my quick but, point I, I did, but just to, like the play call to pass there on third and three when it's a when it's a four down situation that's all right. i'm saying it's just stuff like that like, go, go ahead and continue because i want to get into more detail with things like that later but like that's just a right example. so again that's what i'm saying like like you know i understand the play calling is not good but a lot of the play calling could be because of, for example, I don't trust if I'm, let's just say if I'm an OC that doesn't trust uh, that my O-line can create the hole for the running back to go, then that's where you get the decision to throw the ball. Now, I'm not saying that that's a, that's, that's not a good option or even an excuse. It's the situation that he's dealt with. And it's his fault or their fault, the coaching staff's fault for not addressing that as an issue, you know? Um, they should have addressed the ability to open up holes or or uh, or uh, run block for Brees um, and so on and so forth. Um, so what I'm trying to say is that it does all trickle down and it does create the snowball effect. But the snowball that's being created by bad coaching, bad uh, bad bad bad, um, bad play by by a lot of the offense, whether it's wide receivers, uh, O linemen, and so on and so forth. The, discipline on the old line is absolutely horrendous a lot of that can be attributed to the coaching but that also kind of starts i think with bad decision making in the uh, qb and 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 the reason i and and going to the point of like why don't you bench so and so and so and so and so and so is because i understand like yeah let's not give this person more snaps or let's not do let's not involve this person in the play and stuff like that but these are all options whereas you know, Zach is only is is the one option, right? You know, a good QB can can make the easy pass. For example, the pass to there was a, there was a really easy pass to Azuma that Zach just tried to make look pretty and 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 whatever after breaking uh, free from the tackle. Azuma was standing there completely free, no one around him. He just needs to like just lob it right over to his chest and he makes that catch. Instead, he makes the pass, 
really hard for Zuma to catch, and he doesn't pull it in because Zuma's not that guy to make the, the kind of play. But that wasn't the kind of pass that needed to be that kind of catch either. So there's some things there, right? So the way that I look at it is uh, you have a QB that doesn't make great decisions. You have receivers that can't make up for those bad decisions sometimes or or misreads and so on and so forth. And then you don't hang on. You're interrupting my point. And you have a coaching staff that can't mask it with good scheme. And that's that's really that's why it is kind of like an all-encompassing thing. But if you have a QB that can kind of cover all that stuff up, like Aaron Rodgers, because that's what Aaron Rodgers did. If you think about Aaron Rodgers with Nathaniel Hackett and the Packers, he made Nathaniel Hackett look good, okay? Because That's he can point. cover up bad decisions or bad receptions, bad, bad, you know, like uh, poor receivers and stuff like that, because he can make them okay. look good. But let's, let's think about this in a chicken and egg situation. Aaron Rodgers was coached up to that point. Zach Wilson has not been coached up to that point. So it starts with coaching. Like to me, that's why it's like I get the the idea that Zach Wilson is making bad decisions. But if you think about where how he got to this point, it's that he was never coached properly to make the right decisions. And the only reason he's making some good decisions this year might be because Aaron Rodgers is actually teaching him how to be a quarterback, something that nobody has done before. So again, I'm not saying he's a solution. I'm not even saying yeah. that he has a high ceiling, but he can be the game manager this is that this team needs even at this point in the season that's why i have a, a like a lot of trouble i guess with the media narrative more than anything because i mean we know Salah's not going to do anything whether he should or not yeah. i mean i would love to talk a little bit about Salah. you know hold on let me give you my best Salah impression this is his coaching style okay oh that quarterback doesn't isn't doing the right play maybe i should tell him to do something or maybe i should just do this stairs that's his coach. Oh man, the linemen yeah. just like you know, like they don't the know how, they don't know how to like you, you know, like have discipline on 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 freaking you know false starts. Maybe I should go yell at them or something, or maybe I should like kind of get on in their face. No, I'm gonna do this. That kind of gives so, me like, and I, I want to let Walt kind of jump in because I know you have a lot to say about this. But like one of the things, a lot to say about a, a little, everything. a little, a little thing <laughs> that like how I roll. <laughs> I was thinking about as we've been talking here is like. You want to give your young quarterback a chance to build momentum. When you are when the Jets can't have a single fucking drive without a drop pass, a penalty, or some other momentum killer. Because yesterday it, it's been all over the radio, like we were talking about it on on Evan and Tiki earlier, uh, how the Jets got their first pa- uh, roughing the passer call in two years, in two years. And what happens on the next play? Garrett fumbled, Wilson fumbles. Though. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. like, that's the kind of thing that's kind of like working against him also, and it's like, you know, the Jets' luck kind of situation too, and it and it affects the quarterback in ways that it really shouldn't. It affects a quarterback that maybe might be a little bit further along if it weren't for those little moments of Jets' luck. But I'm sorry, well, go go ahead. I know you have no, no but, but listen, I, I I totally agree with with everything that you guys are saying. I I'm, I'm not disputing anything. I will say this: Dalvin Cook seven snaps last last game. So there is there They're is finally starting drinking. Randall bit, Cobb right? hasn't Randall Cobb hasn't played in like three weeks. So there yeah. is some accountability here. You know what I'm saying? And now it's taking a long fucking time to do it, right? But the fact remains is that you're seeing that they're slowly phasing out these non-starters for them. It has to happen. Zoma's next. Lazard. It has Zoma to be the next is person. next. It has to be Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard 
is number one in the NFL at 20% drop rate. And like you said, he's, he's close to having more penalty yards in the last couple of weeks than he had yards caught. Okay. And in terms of, and I'm, I was just like you with Lazard when they signed him, I didn't think that he was a quote unquote Rogers pick. I thought he was a pick that fit the need for the Jets because he's something Mm -hmm. that we didn't have. We had it in Denzel Mims, but Denzel Mims didn't work work out. He was a guy that was supposed to be, he's six foot, what, six foot six? Six five, yeah, six five, six six, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. he's a guy that's supposed to be a red zone threat. And yesterday, he couldn't even jump up for a ball and fight for a ball with these contested catches. He is not even doing that, which was the sole reason. There was there was one catch on the on the it was a sideline route. I can't remember whether it was the first or second quarter, and it was a a a, a contested catch. Fine, go after the ball, jump after the ball. He literally just jumped up, tried to do this, and then allowed the corner to come around him and knock the ball out. That is not what you do to help your quarterback, okay? That being said, I've said this from before. I know that this is not a Zach issue, but at the same time, it is a Zach issue because the the fact of the matter is, is that, and I hate to go back to this, right? And I, you know that I'm not, I was never a huge fan of him, but when Mike White was in, that offense looked, that offense looked competent. When freaking Josh Johnson was in a couple of years ago, he threw for 300 freaking yards. Why can't Zach do that? And and, then, and it's the same play calling. It's the same coaching staff. But yet, when we bring in other quarterbacks, they look like they're competent. When we bring in Zach, we have him holding on to the ball. Okay? And eight sacks this week, all of them were because he held the ball on. And because each of the sacks came with two and a half seconds of held time, six of them, he held the ball for more than four seconds. So those were sacks that were inflicted by Zach himself. Now, again, you can make the claim that you can say that, hey, nobody was open. And again, now that goes back to the coaching staff. And I almost feel bad for the offensive line because you know what? If you're holding the ball for four seconds, how the hell are you supposed to keep these guys off of him, right? So this is all is all a, a conflagration of shit that's going on on that side of the ball. Now that that's why I say Sorry. no, the no, word no conflagra- but- the word conflagration <laughs> and shit right after is like <laughs> but, but I feel like you conflated a couple extra words there. There you go, right? But here's my point, okay? And we understand Boyle is a crap quarterback, and we understand that Simeon is a basically a tree stuck in in mud when it comes to a quarterback but you know what they're professional quarterbacks and i have i'm not saying that they're going to go out and throw for 300 yards but maybe just maybe we have a little competence on that side of the ball where even the coaching staff will say you know what we can do some things with this guy the biggest the biggest thing that i have with this coaching staff when it comes to zach they know that they have an athletic quarterback that has good legs that can run and throw out of the pocket, the, out of the pocket, and they do none of it, none of it. So yes, it's not Zach, but yes, it is Zach. 
that's, I, have why, a, that's I have a question that, that, that I'll pose to, to both of you, but I'll pose it to Jose first. Um, you know, being with that, I know Jose that you're super against, uh, you know, you know, sitting him to play the other quarterbacks because you just, you know, what are they going to do that Zach isn't doing? You know, part of me, that part of the thing for me is that, you know, that's, that's kind of the point that they're not going to, it's not going to, it's not going to be any worse. You know, yeah, it's not going to hurt. Or it doesn't hurt to try because it may, it's not going to be, it may not be better. Okay. But it's not going to be worse than what we've seen. Um, and for me, my thing is that, you know, I know that like when, when I, we opened up the show, I said that like, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of similarities between the, the, the situation between the giants and the jets with their question of the quarterback, but the difference between Jones, who I've still to this day, you know, defend and will defend despite the issues and the question of his career forthcoming. Um, the difference that I see between the two of them is that, you know, Daniel Jones showed us last year in with with the fact that he is a stop eating the cable Get out of here. <laughs> um, hey, hey Gabe, why don't you yeah. just set up a camera and, and put like a headset on Hina? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> She's like the on, honorary fourth member. So you know, I wish, but you know what it is? Man. Like I I've been gone the entire day and I got home and she needs attention. No, I, I get know? it. And get and it. when I don't so when I don't give her attention, she's like Oh, okay. I'm not gonna bother you directly. I'm just gonna bother you around you. Everything. Oh my god. Anyway, back to the point. <laughs> Daniel Jones showed us that he can manage the game. I think that he's more than just a game manager, but he showed you that he can at least manage the game. And I think that that's the difference that Zach hasn't shown you that he can manage the game yet. You what know, season did Daniel Jones shown- do that in? Huh? What seasons? What season did Daniel Jones prove that he could be a game manager in? Uh, last season, what's what season of his career? Uh, this last fourth. season, it was his fourth season. It yeah, was yeah. His fourth season when he proved to be a game manager. This is Zach Wilson's th- second and a half season. There's a big uh, difference, but, but Daniel Jones—it's not that big of a difference. First season, also, he had a really good first season. Dan- Daniel Jones did. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. He, he showed you promise in so, the first season, even though he was making the rookie issues and rookie mistakes. But everybody forgave it because those are the rookie mistakes. The thing is that he that that that. We again, like we have, there are. You know, I don't want to call them excuses, but you have reasons why a lot of that wasn't there. We didn't have at all the defense that that you guys have that gave us more opportunities in order to win the game, or gave Daniel Jones opportunities to win. And he definitely, still to this day, proven that we don't. You guys have at least a wide receiver one. We don't have. We don't have a wide receiver zero. Okay. <laughs> Aside from all the other issues, our thing has been a little bit more on timing, but Daniel Jones has shown you that he can manage the game even when he doesn't have a wide receiver one. When the only thing that he has is, is, is Saquon Barkley, he's shown you that he can manage when he has nothing. Zach Wilson can't show you that he can manage when he has options. Maybe the, the options aren't great, but I guarantee you that the options are better. I think for as bad as Lazard is, I think that he's a better receiver than anybody else that we have on the Giants. That's true. But you know what? I, I will say this. Daniel Jones hasn't looked as bad as Zach Wilson at any point, except for this season. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and Zach Wilson is still struggling to look like just a backup, you know? And, yeah. and he has his moments of brilliance. And that's what's so tantalizing about Zach. Because you see, even in Monday's game, he was throwing dots, right? Mm-hmm. But But then you see right afterwards you know, two consecutive sacks to take you out of field goal range. So 
you know, the progression with Zach so far in my mind has been last year in particular, his issues were mechanical and presence and, and knowledge of what he's seeing on the field. This year, the, progr the, the progression that I see with Zach is that he's, for the most part, fixed those mechanical issues, right? In terms of doing the easy things and making them look hard, he, we haven't had as many of those this year. So he's fixed that part. But in terms of presence, when you, when you know that there's, there's pressure coming, two fumbles, one of them was unforgivable because the guy was right next to him and he, he extended and put the ball out there, basically gift-wrapping him for, for him to knock it out of his hand. The presence is lacking with Zach. And the fact that he can't read a defense that is that is also problematic and that hasn't hasn't been fixed for him yet right again that could be coaching i'm not discounting that i'm not saying that these aren't issues that you can fix but the fact remains is that zach has a big problem in reading a defense and and doing those things and every once in a while he's great he looks awesome he looks right, like correct. he looks like mini aaron Rodgers at, at some times right yeah. But then he then he looks like the 32 rated quarterback in the NFL right now. Yeah. And so, that's the problem with Zach. Right. I mean, I, I want to go back to the question I wanted to pose, uh, uh, Jose. And again, so so again, we already talked about, you know, we have our opinions, maybe even differences on like how we treat this whole situation. Um, uh, I say bench him. You say don't bench him. But I want to ask you if you know that you essentially have a backup quarterback, um, not a starting quarterback. And the season's on the line. You guys are are batting 500. The schedule is going to get tougher um, after this 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 game with the Raiders, which we don't know what Raider team you guys are going to get. Really, you know, maybe you guys get the Raiders team that that is is emotionally driven to succeed after the firing of Josh McDaniels, or maybe you get a Raiders team that will show dysfunction after that first week. You know, back. Uh, and we don't know which Jet team we're going to get. Yeah, that, I know. No, I, that, that, well, that's that's the thing about the Jets. That's and I've told you this before. That's the thing about Zach. It says you're holding your breath. Every, I I'm holding my breath every time Zach uh, hikes the ball. Everybody but does. The question, the question. Back to the question. I want to get to the question. How do you? What do you do to win the Raiders game uh, differently this Sunday if it's you, not benching Zach? You throw Ibanaconda out there. You threw some twelve personnel with Ruckert. You actually try something other than throwing the ball either in the flat or some, again, some double hitch or like deep progression or that third and 12 play where the receiver had an option between a fly pattern and a slant on one side. And there was only one other receiver to throw to on third and 12 who had a fly pattern and a running back who was doing a hitch. You, you do more than that, but again, like I said, you lean on the the, the Ruckert, Brees Hall, Ibanaconda game plan. You get Carter in there involved on some flats, some play actions. You might actually be able to do something. The defense is getting to a point where it's not really playing that badly in the first half. No, they, 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 uh, they picked it up. The defense actually played phenomenal. You guys got to run. They, they held the entire team to 191 yeah. yards. The, the defense was fantastic. Here's where I will give a concession to people who want to bench Zach. You are starting Zach this week from, in my mind, you have to start him. Whether yeah. this was, this was like the game a few weeks ago. I think we were talking about this uh, 
was either right the Denver the game or the game before. Right oh, wait, like at halftime you bench him? At halftime you bench him. If he's not doing well, then you have a reason to do so. But if you and say I to this kid, again, that. this is his second year mentally, and you don't have anybody else. You don't have anybody besides Aaron Rodgers, a 39 or four, the uh, then year probably 40-year-old quarterback coming back, right? You don't have anybody. You don't have other options. We didn't sign anybody. We didn't even take the, the, the brilliant idea that the Vikings took to sign Dobbs for a sixth-round draft pick. Which you know Carson Wentz. Right? That's you know, oh my you know, God. You know Carson Wentz signed today, right? He went to the yes. Rams. Yeah, yeah but I don't Rams. know if you want Wentz. I, think I don't. That I don't know that you want Wentz. Listen, at this point, but but, it, but if you well, does it matter? <laughs> did we even saying? kick the tires on Dobbs? That's all I'm saying. We could have been like, oh, hey, yeah. like you don't need him anymore. And if they you said six round draft pick, Dobbs, you could have had Wentz. You could have had um. Uh, what's that guy's name? The guy from Indy, um, Richardson. Doesn't matter. I think. What, no, no, I think no, what no. you're trying Richardson's to say is that you can add anybody but Zach. <laughs> but no, but but that, that's what I mean because you you look like, at make an effort at, on you know to get yeah, somebody if you're gonna effort. if you're well if you're that's gonna, already in the past. You, There's you no know, you, you guys can't do anything about it. Trade line a trade a trade deadline is is over, and that's actually gonna lead into my final point that I wanted to bring up. But before I get there, I do want to know what you think need you would do. In this situation, you need to win this game against the Raiders to have a chance at winning. You win against Absolutely. the Raiders and Absolutely. you win against five the and four Bills going into Buffalo. Um, five huh? and four going into Buffalo. Well, five and four going into Buffalo is a pretty good situation, also. Right, right. Really if, well you, if, you're, if you're four and five going into Buffalo and Buffalo, maybe they're probably going to be banged up. They have one of the latest uh, bye weeks in, in in the game, but they might be coming back looking for revenge after after losing to you guys. So there's that element too. But again. If you guys don't win here, you have one more chance to to keep the season alive, and that's winning against Buffalo. After that, I don't think that you guys. Uh, I, I I genuinely don't think we actually have a season uh, a chance to keep the season alive if we lose against the Raiders next week. Actually, that's unless how, unless yeah. unless yeah. something magical happens, which they were talking about on the oh. radio today, and and we sweep our division somehow, which is not impossible because we seem to be doing better against our division. Than we are against other divisions. Look at look at how we've done against the division, except listen, for New England. Yeah, but I think that they're not going to let you do that to them again. <laughs> no, probably not. But I'm just saying. I, that's why I said it's kind of a fantasy. But like, if we lose next week, the season is effectively over, unless yeah. something crazy like sweeping I, our division. I'd like to see you guys win the wild card, wild card, and get into the playoffs because that just means that our show gets extended one extra game, you know. <laughs> but well, so again, so so for me, I don't know. If this is the game that you, hey, let me try a bunch of new things in this game. Uh, but Walt, what do you think needs to be done in order to win this game? Because this is really one of the very few chances that you guys have the rest of the season, the rest of the schedule, in order to keep your season alive. What would you do? Um, we already have you on record saying that you would bench Zach. But what else in general would you do in order to make it happen? I, I So when I say bench Zach. Okay, and and maybe maybe I need to I need to expand on this, right? Because it's not he's done right now. It's if he doesn't play well, you have to consider benching him. Okay, so yeah. l- let me let me let me preface that. Okay, that's what I mean by that's bench. What I'm at, saying. At, yeah, at some point, I'm okay with that. You have you have to look at this and say, you know what? You have a locker room that's looking at you, and you continue to roll out Zach here and here. And again, I sent this 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 blurb out to you guys. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result, right? And that's what we're doing at this point. Now, 
I kind of disagree with going away from these flat things, from from throwing these flat passes and these screen passes and things like that, because the fact of the matter is the Jets right now do not have a running game. And so you're going to have to find ways to get Hall involved, you know, just running them up the middle two and three times for two and three yards a pop. That's not Hall's game. Hall's game, he's really better served when you when you kind of run him on the outside of those tackles, you know, because that that's where he can show his explosiveness and whatnot. When you're running him inside, you've got to make sure that you have a good line that that can open those holes. And right now we don't. So again, going back to coaching, you're pounding Hall on the interior of the line. You're only getting two or three yards a pop. That's not going to cut it. So you're going to have to find creative ways to get him involved because right now, him, aside from Garrett, he's your most explosive player on offense, right? So you do have to keep the screen uh, game going with him. You gotta, you gotta hit him in the flats. You gotta find a way to get him because that truly is supplanting the running game that you don't have right now. Okay, that's the first thing. The second thing, I agree with you. Abanaconda needs to start playing now. I. From what I understand, the reason that he's not playing is that he's having difficulties in the blocking game, which is huge if he's going to be back there with Zach. And he's having difficulty with the playbook. Okay, that's my understanding. Whether it's true or not, who knows? But there is a reason why he's not playing. Okay, we need to free Abanikanda. We need to free Izzy. I say try it anyway. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Because you know what? At this point, it's it's kind Again, of the Dobbs same thing didn't know Zach. the playbook. It can't be any worse, right? And you see, he seemed to know the yeah, playbook in the preseason. Yeah. He was busting runs all over the place. Uzama needs to be benched. Uzama needs to be benched. Oh Ruckert, Ruckert, A, is a better route runner. He's got better hands. But most he importantly, pass. he's a better yes, blocker. And again, that On helps both with Zach and the running game. Those are things that need to be done. I don't understand why we can't see this for what it is. And again, I keep saying this, and I keep saying this over and over again. You got to get Zach out in space, man. When that guy is is rolling out to his right, when he's rolling out to his left, some of his best passes on Monday were him rolling out. I don't understand the naked boot, but you can pull a guard and you can put a pull a tight end to kind of run with him, so he has time to make these decisions yeah, exactly. while he's out there. Those are the things that I think that you can do with the Raiders now. It's frustrating because the Chargers, this was the, the game that I thought that Zach could that Zach could kind of be um he could get himself well on this. Bad pass defense. You couldn't do it. Now you're going to the Raiders again, another team that has deficiencies in defense. You gotta be able to exploit that, man. And that's the way that I think you have to do it because otherwise we're gonna be having the same the same conversation next week. Uh, well, I mean, you know, chances are we're probably going to have the same conversation or very similar yeah. one, or at least yeah. a conversation about like where you guys are next year. Um, it, it's interesting. I think, so I think that I kind of would fuse, I would, I would, I would, 
I dis I, I disagree slightly with with both of you guys. I think that uh, I think that you you do try a new QB, but you don't change the schemes in the place because when you're playing when you're doing a scientific experiment, you change one variable at a time, not a bunch, because then you won't know exactly what is the problem. I think you put a new QB in there, you start with the same schemes, you see where the mis- if there are other mistakes coming in, uh, being exposed there. Um, but that's the best way to do it. Cause the other thing too, is that the plays that you guys have been playing, uh, been calling, those are the ones that your that your players are comfortable with. You start changing it up a little bit. You start kind of introducing something new. It's going to be like game one of the season all over again. It's new to them. And then on top of that new QB, or even if it's Zach, it's still a little bit too new, um, on a game that I think is now once again, a must win for the season. So I think that you 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 keep the scheme the same, but you try a new delivery person. Um, but that's just my thoughts on it. Um, I, I wanted to kind of bring this up actually a little bit earlier. We do need to get to the Giants, but um, you know I, I had mentioned to you guys earlier in the in our chat that I actually think that you guys are in a much 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 worse position than the Giants are. Much much much. Not just much, 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 because here's the situation that you guys are in. Okay. You guys are expecting Aaron Rodgers to play next year. Okay. If Aaron Rodgers plays next year and he does well, okay, you guys aren't going to draft a new QB. So what are you guys going to do? You're going to end up sticking with, uh, you know, Zach Wilson year, year five. I don't know. And then if he doesn't do well, uh, you know, you're still then stuck with Zach Wilson. You know, this I feel like this season we've already gotten everything that you guys needed to know about Zach Wilson. And I think it's tough to say that in year five, he's going to learn enough to then become the franchise quarterback. And however, this is this upcoming draft class is where all the QBs are going to be in this upcoming draft class. This is the chance to get more than a QB away, though. Like yeah. much, 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 no, no, much no, no. would be okay if you were just a QB away. But you're yeah, no, no, absolutely. Far you're not, more than you're, that. You're away. much more than a QB away. But if you guys can't fix the QB situation, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you get a, a, a great O line and amazing receivers if you don't have a QB. But if but you have my point is like a great QB, then if, you know that kind of solves it. I mean, like my, my, my point, point is, is you're comparing our situations though. Like we need a QB. You need wide receivers, an offensive line. A better secondary. Right, right, right. Linebackers are good. Your defense, your defensive right, line is fantastic. True. But you do need to uh, replace Leonard Williams now. It seems right. That's absolutely that's true. However, we're actually in rebuild mode, and we have the draft capital to do it. Yeah, but I, guys, I, there's a, there's guys, a one other thing that I think needs to be said here in yeah. regards to what I think every Giants fan is now salivating about. Caleb Williams already said he might not declare next year. And I know this is a good quarterback class, but right, if you all but... think that he's going to want to play for the, the Bears or the Giants when he's crying on the field yeah, that's because his defense fine, is but... so bad. But again, that's the thing. I wouldn't, this, I wouldn't count on that. That's right, but I'm not I'm counting saying. on Caleb Williams. I actually don't want Caleb Williams on, on, on after seeing him this past weekend. I don't want to cry baby on my team. You don't want to cry baby in New York, period. But this draft class has five top QBs has five really good QBs and you guys are going to miss the boat on that, you know, because you're banking on Aaron Rodgers having a good season or even a bad season regardless year five. I don't think Aaron Rodgers plays three seasons year five. You're going to need it. You're going to need to have an answer at QB and it's not Zach Wilson and you won't have a replacement either. 
Yeah, but we have we have money and people to trade for a QB. You have neither money nor people, and you're missing all a, a lot more than we are. I would say much, much, yeah, much think, worse. Yeah, but uh, we're maybe already much, maybe you can make the case much worse. I don't even think that's the case, but much, much, much worse is I think like I as, think, as like several that, muches. That's that's an yeah, awfully confident qualifier when when yeah. it, it's well a because we because that. we have because we have like. You know, even though Dable's been not so great of a coach, and we're going to jump into to 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 the Giants right now in a bit anyway. But what did you just say, yeah, what Dable has speak. not been great what? this season. Wow. Yeah, let Dable has not been great, but that all comes with context. Just like with the Jets, Zach Wilson has not been great, but it all comes with context. Dable has not been great, but Dable has a proven track record, twenty five years in coaching experience, that has the reputation of being a great coach despite this season. Mm, and, I, no, he doesn't. I, that I disagree. He has one Bill? season. He has one year. No, 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 and we can get into this. You have a great offensive coach, quite obviously. That's what he's he's done for many, many years. And he worked mm-hmm. with Josh Allen. But I think he has some of the same discipline issues. I don't think there's any proven track record. He has one year. Coach of the year. Proven? No. Great coach yeah, one year? Fantastic. Yes. But the, proven, the, no. The NFL football field is littered with spectacular coordinators who couldn't cut it as a head coach. Yeah, so I think Dable's our offensive coordinator. I think that's a very, very different situation here. Dable and Shane did not get to pick their QB, and they're about to get their chance to pick the QB, you know? Uh, and I think that this fair is really the of, that, this is the start of their, their thing. They're going to be able to pick the QB based on what they like to see, what they're going to see, and how they feel that they can develop the QB. And, and this is where I say that, you know, like, uh dable has had a lot of experience in coaching in general over the years uh where 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 i think that he knows he's going to know how to develop a qb this year notwithstanding Basically, yeah. okay uh, okay sure remains to be seen remains to be seen but that doesn't but no, still no, I said offensively, he's a great coach i'm agreeing uh, with you i think offensively and as a quarterback's coach he's great I'm, I'm agreeing with you i'm not saying remains to be seen I'm I'm totally agreeing with you. I'm saying it still remains to be seen. Oh, okay, okay. Because again, they 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 still they still need to choose their their QB. Basically, their you know the QB is their CEO, right? So like you have like the the owner, then the general manager, that guy, the you know he picks the the coach, which is the president, and then the CEO that does all the actual execute you know execution of the operations of the company is the QB. They still haven't had a chance to pick the CEO of their company, and they're about to do that now. So really, this is almost you can almost say that this two-year experiment, which unfortunately has crashed and burned in an unlikely way with Daniel Jones' ACL injury, which uh, in in my opinion, does spell the end of the uh, and I guess I'm getting into my rant. I'll give you guys a chance to get into your New York Giants rant as well. Um, this does spell the end, I think, uh, of uh, of Daniel Jones's career, at least as a Giant. Um, I personally think, uh, I think possibly even for the best. Some people just dealt with a shit hand, and even though I still defend Daniel Jones because I've seen plenty enough to consider him a good quarterback. Uh, just maybe the wrong time, maybe the wrong team, the wrong, the wrong everything. 
You know, um, we've seen Daniel Jones put it together often enough where if 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 he had more time to kind of develop with the right synergy, I think that you could see, you know, a really good fruitful career. But unfortunately, I think that it's being cut short and this might be the football gods cutting it short just to put him put him and us Giants fans out of our misery because, you know, we didn't even get a chance to evaluate. Like, I think everybody can agree that if this was the season to evaluate Daniel Jones, not a single person has gotten a chance to evaluate him before he was taken out of the evaluation period. Um, and I think that, uh, that, that now that the answer, the question has been answered for us, there is a little bit of a sigh of relief on my end where in a way I can stop having to defend Daniel Jones, which I still think, you know, I would still rightfully defend Daniel Jones, but now we can move on and now we can say, okay, if Joe Shane and 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 um and uh Dable pick uh the next QB, now we can really hold them accountable and be like, all right, you got your chance to pick your quarterback and develop this team. Now let's see what you do. I think that being that uh you know, I like Joe Shane a lot as a GM personally. Um uh if they get to pick their QB, they're getting a chance to pick it out of the best draft class in in in, in a generation. And you have no excuses after the fact, you know, at this point. But I think all signs are pointing to us being us, us getting a chance to rebuild at the right time. What do you guys think? Okay, so I'll go real quick and I, I'll say I think that there's an opportunity here. I think the problem still is that you're, you're going to draft from a class of five NFL caliber quarterbacks, none of which are going to be on their feet for more than three seconds at any point next season. So what the hell difference does it make if you can't keep any of them on their feet? And, and you know, some quarterbacks might do better under the circumstances, but none, nobody's going to win under these circumstances. So, I mean, it's really difficult to figure out what to do with Daniel Jones at this point too, because like you said, I think he's a good quarterback. I think one of the the interesting things about him is so my my Vikings fan friend came came by uh like I said this season and a little bit of bitterness I think his point is that um he, the Vikings got Daniel Jones paid last year and if you think about it he's not entirely wrong cuz he they gave him a playoff game they gave him a playoff win I mean, Wait, hold got on. him you paid. Gave the Giants a playoff win. They gave it to him. No, you know what I'm saying. No, like no, the no, Vikings no. lost to the to the to the to Daniel yeah. Jones. It's a little bit of bitterness, like I said, but they did kind of get him paid because they played a shitty game in a situation where they were actually a pretty darn good team and completely got out coached and outclassed by the Giants last year. So what do you do with somebody that's worth forty million dollars? He's got a forty-seven million dollar cap hit next year. If you cut him. It's a $22 million cap hit. Like, what the hell do you do with that? Is is because I'm wondering who's going to take a chance on it. I mean, there's got to be a GM out there that's that's maybe looking at Daniel Jones and saying, like, if you can keep this kid on his feet, if he has an offensive line, like maybe we can do something with him. But there's nobody out there that's saying, like, we can turn him into our elite quarterback. We can turn him into our Josh Allen. We can turn him into our Patrick Mahomes. We can turn him into our Joe Burrow. Not even you're saying that. You know, no realistic person is going to say that he's going to be the best of the best. Top 10, sure. That's a possibility that I discussed earlier in the season. That's a possibility you discussed earlier in the season. That's a possibility that's still 
can happen at some point in his career. But when, again, when you don't have the offensive line, the defense has been playing a lot better, sure, but it's not playing with, with discipline either in the same way that the Jets the whole team maybe isn't playing with discipline. And we can talk about how much discipline the offense plays with, but when the defense isn't playing with any discipline, and I mean, I mean, it's, it's just a really difficult situation that the giants are in. That's why when, if you want to make the comparison that they're in a better situation than the jets, I can give that some credence, but to say that they're in a much, much, much better situation than the jets when there's, there's a conflagration of shit, around the Giants to use Walt's phrase in the amount of things that you have to fix with a relatively limited amount of money and a relatively limited amount of trade options. It's really, really tough to, to say that I can be hopeful about 2024 or even 2025, maybe 2026. But like with that many fixes, it's, it's hard to say. I don't know if you want to answer a Walt, if you want to like, I'll pass it to Walt in a moment, but just real quick, again, the reason I say we're much, much better is because we know now (laughs) that not only, you know, both the The Giants and the Jets know that you guys got a lot of work to do, okay? But the Giants know that they're going to chance to work on that right away. The Jets know that you aren't going to be able to work on that until after 20. We have trade capital. Don't don't say that we can't work on it. We have people we can trade to get a good quarterback. Right. We have some good players that we can trade. That's all I'm saying. Here's what I'm going to say. Daniel Jones is a giant next year. That that is, there is no question in my mind that that's yeah. what's going to happen. Okay, because the money you're there. already you're already. But you think he plays? I think he plays. I think he plays. I think you have no choice. the The point of the matter is, is that you're still on the hook for Galladay's salary for fifty. He's fifteen million dollars dead cap money. Mm-hmm. If you trade Jones, that's another twenty five million against the cap. You're paying mm-hmm. Leonard Williams. Uh, salary also, you can't have that much cap money and then expect to. Well, isn't Leonard Williams a, a free agent? Okay, yeah. he he could be, but but my point is this: you can't you have right. that much dead cap money and and think that you're going to be able to sign anybody. You're going to be able to compete next year. So the the you have to have the, an incredible draft, right? Exactly, and I I, I don't foresee that either. <laughs> so. The point that I'm I'm kind of making is Daniel Jones is here for at least another year. Okay, so that being said, um, I agree with Jose's opinion that you're going to you're going to go and get out one of get one of these quarterbacks in the draft. You don't want to play him next year, so that works well because you have DJ there. Mm-hmm. Let him take the damage and stuff. Quite frankly, oh, you know what I'm saying. I know man, it, bro, it sounds on, horrible the way that I'm saying it. But you know what? It gives your your young quarterback time to kind of see what's going on and stuff. And it also gives you time to build that offensive line for him so that in 2025, when he does start, at least he's not running for his freaking life the way Daniel Jones has. So we'll pay Daniel Jones about half a million dollars a a sack taken. Right. Exactly. So so DJ is here for next year. You can go out and, and draft that quarterback that you need. And you know what? I'm going to agree with you, Gabe, because I think that, you know what? The Giants, in some weird um, fetishy type of way, you guys are <laughs> you guys are in a better position than the Jets are because let's look at what the Jets are right now. The Jets are a team that has a backup quarterback who's supposed to be their, their, that was their former number two pick in the draft. You don't trust them. 
you have a 40-year-old quarterback that's coming back from injury. How long can you expect him to be well? You have a defense that's good enough that in spite of the offense has you at 500 and has done it for the last couple of years. So you're not going to be drafting high either. So, you know, with all these – and That's exactly my off, point. You guys aren't drafting high at all. And the top to top it all off, at some point, these young kids are going to look at the, the landscape of the NFL – and they're going to say, so a sauce gardener is going to look at it and say, why am I still on the Jets if that offense can't help me win? Why is Brees Hall going to stay here? Why is Garrett Wilson going to stay here? Yeah, you know, so the Jets are actually you and you can't even get rid of Hackett. Because you're going to piss off A-Rod. So, yeah. you know, if you look at the Jets and I know we're talking Giants, but I, and I'm going to pivot back to that. If you look at the Jets, I kind of agree with Gabe because you know what? We are we are in this weird position where it's like we have to win now, but we can't win now. And then maybe we win later, but if we do, then our future later is going to suck really bad. Yeah. And, that's, so that, and that's how I see it, man. And, and that's where the Jets are. Now, the Giants, you, you, these next two drafts, they have to knock it out of the park. And they have to go offensive. They have to go offense side of the line. Both teams, actually. Yeah. Right? The D, I don't want to see the Jets taking a defensive lineman in the first round next year. Okay? And I don't want to see the Giants taking anything less than a quarterback, an offensive lineman, and a wide receiver in the first three rounds of the draft next, this coming year also. That's what has to happen because, you know what? The defense is good enough to win. You don't need a Super Bowl winning. You don't need the 85 Bears to win in this league. But what you do need is you need a good quarterback, good wide receivers, a line that will protect them. And those are the things that right now the Jet, the Giants are lacking. And so that's what they have to do. Jones is here next year. That's fine. I hate to say it. He's going he's gonna to be the one that takes the brunt of it. But he's doing it for the next guy. Okay? So – um and actually i kind of wanted you to quarterback this you know section uh of, of of this whole thing um uh just because you know i have i have plenty of of, of emotional things i guess i want to say about the giants you know it really really sucks man i i think i mean if jones is here next year he's here only for the short term he's here yeah. just to kind of uh be you know the eli man to whoever we pick um but if he decides because my thing is 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 I can totally see if I was Daniel Jones, the beating that I've taken this year alone on the field, the tearing my ACL, um, the whole nine, including the New York media, I almost feel like I'd retire. I'm like, you know what? Let me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go coach high school or something. You know, as far as I as far as I know, Daniel Jones is. Plenty well off without football, as it is from a family standpoint. Um, I believe they, they, he's, he's got generational wealth, um, or so I've heard. Um, so he doesn't need football. What was that? He's got this contract to fall back on also. He's got this. Well, if he retires, does he still get paid? 
he gets paid until until he's not going to get paid the full thing, but he's yeah, already yeah, guaranteed. Yeah. Like, but I can see him retiring, and I can see the Giants putting to, uh, to Rod Taylor in in place of DJ, so that the that that QB can learn from Tarot, who does have a lot of experience, you know, as a veteran Q, QB, is at the tail end of kind of his career and stuff. Um, could maybe still uh, like stay on the team as a, as a as a backup for a while, but I could see this new QB learning more probably from Tarot Taylor than from Daniel Jones even. Because I think that the issue is that Terod Taylor's hit kind of his ceiling. Daniel Jones has a much higher ceiling, just didn't get the opportunity to hit it. So um, that is the situation that I see for the Giants next year. And again, like like Sunday, I was depressed. I mean, like Monday, yesterday, actually, I was I was depressed. I didn't even want to watch the Jets game last night. You know, I saw it late because part of me was like, to be honest with you, I didn't think that the Jets, the Jets game was going to go that way. And I was like, you know what? I'll watch the second half when I get home. I'm pretty sure that's going to be fine. Maybe it's a low-scoring game, but it's going to be a whatever game. I was still upset and depressed, and I did not want to see the Jets winning last night, to be completely honest, because I wanted to stay sad about Daniel Jones and the Giants and how miserable of a situation it was, because it could not be more miserable than a former Giant beating the crap out of us. <laughs> I, don't, I can't even explain it. This man has no reason to win this weekend. I'm busy ranting right now. <laughs> a former giant who's who after after the, the press conferences and the speeches that he's had, you know, how much he loves the Raiders. And it kind of made me feel like he somehow like subconsciously hated the Giants for some reason, wanted to kind of it, it felt like he wanted to prove something against the Giants. And he specifically did it against, of course. Of course, that's the game that ends our entire season is against a debuting head coach, former Giant, who's lost the his GM and his offensive coordinator and is starting a third-string quarterback. We get blown the F out 30-6. to six. How does that happen? I don't know. And not only did we get blown out, I don't know what's worse, the score blowout or the knee blowout. Which of the two is worse? I don't know, but it's miserable. And I hate it here. I do not want to be here right now. This sucks. Jose, go. Uh, okay, so the, the whole thing, I, you, you brought it up with, like, the knee blowout, actually. It's kind of like Walt and I have been wanting to, to kind of dig into this a little bit deeper. Uh, yes. For, oh, for lack. Well, and and you in the center. we've I'm been like, a little afraid to. I don't even want to look at my face right we've now. We've been a little afraid to. But, like, Dable's management of injuries or – whoever the hell is in charge of tapping Dable on the shoulder and saying like, Hey, maybe we should take that guy out for a couple of minutes to take a look at him. Isn't doing their job. When it comes to handling injuries, the giants are abysmal. I mean, you just look at what happened. I think a couple of weeks ago, it was um, Josh Allen in the dolphins game. They were in the middle of a random play. Josh Allen goes into the tent. Nobody knows why, but like when you have somebody who is, you're paying $40 million a year to, and he takes a bad step. Get him off the fucking field for a play or two and make sure he's okay. I mean, look, the injury was was already a done deal probably at that point, right? Because as soon as he took a step dropping back on the next play, you know, it was over. He's, he fell down and that was it. But, but there's a history. There's a history, right? There's, there's a history, history here. Yeah. There's a history of saying, like, you got to look out for these guys when they're injured. You got to say the way that other teams do. You know, Josh Allen, I think, I think when they went back to it, they said he hit his head a little too hard. When he got tackled, he got up just fine. He trotted over to the to the huddle. I think he called the very next play. And then the next play after that, they took him out and said, let's take a look at you. For 
not even a series for like two plays. These are the kind of things that that it feels like sometimes the the Giants injury coaching staff is coaching this like like a baseball team trying to trying to hook a pitcher who doesn't want to come out of the game like the Mets going up to Max Scherzer or something and saying like you got to come out of this game and Max Scherzer saying like fuck you I'm not coming out of this game because you know, we all you know us baseball fans know how Max Scherzer is but like it seems like there's there's this maybe kind of genuflection to the players and the player says I'm okay then the coaching staff says well if you say you're okay then we know you're okay so get back out there and give them hell um I mean in this game the run defense was atrocious like I mean that's really like the biggest thing that that kind of let the game get away from y'all right because O'Connell wasn't like a world beater by any stretch of the imagination there was no third string quarterback heroics there was no scrambling for some crazy touchdowns it was the run game was able to open up in a way that the Giants don't really allow it to that often and in a way that the Raiders don't really run at all this season. I don't so, know where the hell the defense was from the last three weeks. What the I hell? don't know. I mean, again, it was a, it was kind of like a, a similar situation to the Jets, too. The Giants have done this, right? They play piss poor in the first half, and in some second halves this year, at least the defense has gotten their shit together, which kind of happened again yesterday, although – you know, the, the Raiders were also trading field for clock at a certain point in the game uh, with the Giants as well. But, I mean, I mean it, it was also in a way I said this yesterday, and I'll, I'll turn this over to Walter, whoever wants to respond to that. It was kind of the worst time to play this team also because, I mean, Devontae Adams, I think he said earlier in the week he was ready through one through a wall for Antonio Pierce. Like, this team was ready to make a change, clearly. I mean, did we, did we post the, the rumor that, that about the the meeting um on the on the I think it was confirmed actually I I, I, I I know what you're talking about it was kind of confirmed yeah. it's also like Antonio Pierce himself confirmed it um the way what you're referencing and I don't know if you've you know uh read or heard of it but mm-hmm. it's uh Antonio Pierce has said that there was a meeting where everybody got a chance to kind of like mm-hmm. divulge what they felt was wrong and this that and the other it was kind of like an open door meeting you could say and Antonio Pierce said uh, you know, he gave his points and, and whatnot, and he said, oh, we're not, you know, we're, we're not believing the plays, we're not believing this, that, and the third. And Antonio Pierce had brought up uh, the um, Patriots, the Giants, um, when they won the Super Bowl yeah. against the Patriots. And they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, oh, well, we didn't have like the best, uh, the best team compared to the, to, to, the, to the Patriots. But look, what we needed to do was believe in, uh, believe in ourselves and fight and believe play like we believe in ourselves. Anybody. And what happened, we beat the right. Patriots. And after, I think it was after everybody left that Josh McDaniels ripped into Pierce and said, never talk that about the Patriots again. Um, and then that went into the locker room and that permeated and, you know, that's how things go as they are and stuff. So, but, uh, but yeah, well. So, um, you know, I, 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 Jose kind of stole my, my thunder with the, the coaching staff. And I, I do agree that there is definitely an issue here with, the coaching and and how they treat their injured players and you know like i said there's a history of this you know what i'm saying um i know just from last year dory jackson everybody was questioning why he was returning punts dory jackson was you know you can make the case that he was probably one of your best defensive players and what happens he gets hurt on a punt misses most if not the, the whole entire season last year um and we go back to instances just this year with the Dallas game, right? Um, we were all questioning why DJ was out there 
in a 40 to nothing meaningless game. And I'm not saying that the injuries that he sustained is because of direct correlation of that, but but you know what? Those things stack. You know what I'm saying? You get beat down enough, your body starts to break down and, and it makes you vulnerable to those type of things. And again, don't understand it. You I think the the reason I was given is we needed a spark. The fuck kind of a spark do you need in a 40-0 game? You know what I'm saying? And then on top of that, in that same game, Andrew Thomas got hurt, injured in the first quarter. It was his hamstring. He was limping around, and he was still allowed to play in that game. And guess what? He didn't come back to play until this past week, okay? And then you look at the Gano situation. The Gano situation, he was put on the injured list the week before. That week, he missed the field goal, okay, which is not something that Gano does. And then you, you fast forward to the, the Giants game right after that. He missed two field goals that could have won you the game. What happened directly after that? IR for the rest of the year. I mean, these are things that you literally see are happening in front of you, and this coaching staff, for whatever reason, oh, well, you know what? I believe in these, in these guys. I want to show that I trust them. Fuck that. You know what I'm saying? You got to protect, gotta your, protect players. your players from themselves. That is what a coach is supposed to do. And Dayball or his medical staff, I don't know who to blame, but there's somebody out there that's not doing that for them. And it's costing the Giants games. Now, I'll go and back players. to the. I'm, yeah, exactly. Great players. And you, and there was, I can probably give you more instances. I, those are the ones that are in my head right now. The Giants kind of this is what the giants are you know they're not a good team okay i think the illusion of seven and two last year kind of masked the fact that this is not a good team because they went two and five and one after that and i asked the question at the beginning of the season and i asked it a couple of which is the team that we're getting it's clearly not the seven and two team i think that was that we can kind of agree that that was more a mirage that was more uh, a symptom of Dayball coming out there and, you know, getting this team rah, rah, rah mood and stuff like that. What you're seeing now is, I think, what the Giants truly are. They're a flawed team that has a very good defense that can improve on the defensive side, and they have issues on the offense. Doesn't that sound Doesn't that sound familiar in New York? <laughs> and, uh, and, I mean... so, and so I think what happens here is that the Giants need to not blow it up, but they need to start stacking these things. The coaching staff needs to learn better. And I'm not putting this on Dayball because he is still a young coach. He's still learning the ropes on, on being a head coach, which is fine. He needs to get better. And, and that's just I mean, the, so, the frankness of it. So, Mike, I mean, Kafka, I, I Mike Kafka is probably a guy that you do not keep anymore. you got to get another OC. Because it doesn't look like that's that's working out either, especially when Dayball is taking away the play calling duties from him midseason. So those, yeah. those are the things that I look at the Giants and I say these are the things that they need to improve on before we can start putting them back up there into the contending category. You know. Well, so so just I kind of want to you know talk a little bit about like I, I you know what i'm gonna concede you know the uh the the the, the uh your points both of your points on 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 the coaching and, and dable and, and some of the decision making with uh injuries i think a lot of this stuff can be 
you know, uh, you know, on hindsight, uh, you, you, you make certain things. I can understand like the whole, you know, like, Hey, you know, we're already losing this game. I just want to make, you know, like I'm looking for a spark in the context of the very first game. Hold on. In the context of the very first game, I can see why that's the mindset. Hey, let's get something going so we can take that into next week and build on it. Okay. Eight weeks later, I can see how it's like, yeah, that was meaningless, but that's only after the fact. I think in the moment, mindset in the moment does kind of kind of come into play. Um, but I'll concede that, you know, with the track record of the injuries, what you should have learned throughout the season in season, okay, you should have made some adjustments in season. Uh, you have players that are that are injured and 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 keep and and trusting them to say, yeah, I'm good is not a smart move. You should have you should have, you know, kind of not trust them moving forward either, especially with the Gano um, situation. Um, but the analogy, I don't I, I disagree that they are a mirage. I think it's not that air mirage. I think that what it was is that Joe Shane and 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 Dable came in and they inherited a, a, a an okay car, you know, a decent car, you know, bare bones, maybe a Honda Civic, you know, DX. You know, it's a reliable car. It, it gets you from point A to B. And they decided decided in this year to like, hey, we're gonna add this turbocharger. We're gonna add these parts and whatnot. But they added the wrong parts. You know. I think that yeah. I think, for example, if they started the, if they started the season not trying to get uh, Waller and Hyatt and all their new little toys involved, and they just stuck to the script from last year, they probably would have had a much better, uh, you know, better season early on if they just did that. I think that what ended up what you saw. Okay, Hina's back alive. All right, relax. <laughs> ow, 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 relax. I think that um. I think that when 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 Dable decided to take it away from Kafka in that Cardinals game, that that's what we saw. We saw Barkley just plainly being the one getting involved with Daniel Jones, and they had success. They just ran the 2022 season game, you know, game plan. Um, so that's that's where I see. I don't think that it's a mirage. I think that it's a it's it's a it's it's. I don't want to say a good car, but it's 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 a car, and they they try to do too much, and they gotta let's let's take a step back, and let's uh, kind of let's fix what we broke, you know, is the situation in my opinion. They they remind me a lot. They broke they broke Daniel Jones. They broke Daniel Jones. They broke a no. They broke you know Andrew Thomas. They broke everything. Yeah, they did. They remind me a little bit about the Vikings, like the Vikings of the last two seasons, though, because the the last season. Uh, last year, the Vikings were a very good team, but if you yeah. if you dig deeper into it, they won a lot of one-score games, and, and this year they're not doing that. I think they won ten one-score games last season, right? Yeah. The Vikings. And, and so, so you yeah. mask yourself. Point A to point B. But, but that's what I'm saying. You, the mirage is that you know you're winning those games in that moment. Maybe you're not as good as you think you are, and now you're getting the reset with the Vikings this year where they're not winning those games. You know what I'm saying? Those things are not sustainable. So that's why I said I think maybe the Giants were in a very similar situation last year where they were winning those games. Now they're not. And they don't have the talent to surpass that. They had and a weaker schedule last year too, yeah. I think. And, and I do agree with you. You know, we got the shiny little toys this year. They just, you know... They had a, a a coat of paint put on them, but underneath it, it was all rusted. You know what I'm saying? 
And so yeah, like I, I, I see, but yeah. that's, that's the thing. Saying that the car is rusted, you got to get rid of a rusted car. I don't think that we got to get rid of a rusted car. I don't think that the Giants are a rusty old mobile. No, no, right? I, I, no but, I'm, but you got to get rid of those pieces that are rusted. Those the, that you do have to do. Yeah, let's and get rid of a few panels. New Maybe, so, that's, that's, you know, that's a lot of work. The car, well, but that's where the rusted carburetor. That's where the Giants are. It's a lot of work that needs to be done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it is what it is. It's it's unfortunate that the New York football season is come down to this, you know. What a yeah. fun episode. Big yeah. hearts. Can I just say one last thing? Love. <laughs> yeah. Be careful. No, 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 no. I'm going to go back to the Jets. Is that a heart? And, and I'm going to say, you know, um, the the Jets last year, what were we saying? We needed a just competent quarterback play, right? Yeah. If we had that. If we scored a little bit more, we'd be better. This year, we're actually worse than last year in terms of scoring, in terms of offense. Yeah, I'll, leave, bad, I'll leave it at that. It's I'll leave it at that. Yeah. So. Uh, all right. Well, um, I guess there's not much that we <laughs> They were due left. Uh, the Giants. Got the Cowboys next year. Next Giants. Week. Oh my God, we got the Cowboys next. I really, really just want to not show up for that game. Um, we'll see what happens. You know, we'll see if we have any predictions for that game. So, nah, let's just move on. I mean, you know what? Yeah. What a predict. What a predictions at this point. You have Devito playing quarterback, and the Jets are going to roll out Zach in in elite. Okay, okay. Game. What about the over under? At least I'll leave that to you guys. 38 and a half on the Giants Cowboy game, Cowboys game. That's gonna be uh, the over. No, nah, I'm I'm good on any predictions with the Gi- Giants. Are the only thing I care about, I just want them to come out healthy. Like I honestly from the bottom of my heart, alive. like some of these players I don't even like care for, but the way that we've been physically beat up this season, I just wanna I just want them to come out healthy. For for, for the love of God, please Saquon, don't get hurt. You know, okay, because there's no reason. Predictions, predictions for this weekend, then Giants and Cowboys, Jets and Raiders, okay. stay alive. Yeah, and for the for the Giants, please no forty nothing games anymore with the Cowboys. Let, let's not do that, please. <laughs> we don't even have a kicker. <laughs> well, you have. Two. I mean, we, well, we that's the funny two. thing, right? We had two kickers. We oh, look at that. We we, we just you know funny. We got two kickers, and instead of going for any field goals, even though they're meaningless, we decided to go on it on fourth down every single time after DJ went out. That's how much trust the Giants have in the new kicking team. It was just like you know what, we're just gonna go on fourth. It doesn't even matter. I would have at least like gone for a kick. It's like. Hey, like, let me see what you got. Use this as a practice session. Nope. They're like, they don't even trust the kicker. So we don't have kickers. We don't have QBs. We don't have anything. Okay. So my prediction is that we get absolutely blown out by the Cowboys. I hope that they ha- take take it easy on us. I hope Mika Par- Micah Parsons takes it easy on us because he's actually a, a good-ass dude and, and he cares. He even cared about Daniel Jones, um, you know, even though he was sacking the crap out of him or rather the Cowboys were sacking the crap out of him. But – um. But as far as the, the Jets go, I think that you guys do not win this game. I think Antonio Pierce is actually the real deal. The way that he's talking, the way that he's carrying himself, the way that the, the, the players are talking about him, man, I think that dude O'Connell, he played like a veteran quarterback managing the game in a tremendous way. 
Like he he was very quick, kept it real simple, getting the ball like out of his hands within in less than two seconds every single time. I mean, that was, you know, yeah, you beat a shitty team in the Giants. The Jets are kind of a shitty team right now. So they just need to do exactly what they did last week. Yeah, but they're not going to be able to do that defensively. I think I think for the Jets Raiders, I think you're going to be looking at a a 5-3 game. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> I I'm, I'm, I'm I just but I I think this this game is going to be another another one of these um shield your eyes because you don't want to look at this game type of deal, you know what I'm saying? Cuz I I can totally oh, see I, I can totally see. So bad. I can totally see the defense harassing O'Connell, a rookie quarterback, and and just nothing going on on that side. But I also see Zach Wilson and that offense doing absolutely. Yeah. Listen, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even doubt if it's a zero-zero tie. To be quite honest, at this point, I don't you know, know, man. You you seen so. you seen you know you seen Crosby. You think Crosby isn't like dying to hit Zach? Like Micah Parsons and Crosby, no, but that's because they're both but, but Michael Parsons at least feels bad. Crosby, he revels in it. But that's what I'm saying. I, that's why I think this this game is going to be crap, because I think both both defenses are really going to run the show. You know what I'm saying? These offenses aren't going to do anything on we'll Sunday see. night. You know, we'll I, do, I do think that, that that'll be a little bit different, especially being that it's Sunday night. So I'm afraid. Not. I'm afraid for your Giants. I, I'll put that. I'll put it that way. I, I'm not going to give I'm, you a prediction. I'm equally as afraid. I don't I'm even want to watch the Giants. Game. I might not watch the game and just go back because I don't want to deal with like the the heartbreak. I just oh, want to see God. how bad we're losing, how bad we lost, and 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 look at the injury report and and I'll base my 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 judgment on the game off. Do of that. those do those ten minute uh, highlight packages that YouTube does. Uh, the NFL does on YouTube, where it's just like, okay, we're not giving you the whole game. We'll just do some of the game. You know? So, what do you think, right. Jose? <laughs> Giants at Cowboys. 16 and a half point favorites. The Cowboys are. Do they cover that? I mean, no yeah. Question. They're going to they're gonna cover that. They're going to hit the over. Jets, Jets are one point favorites um, against the Chargers, or excuse me, against the, the Raiders in Las Vegas. That's kind of surprising, don't you think? Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, sometimes when the home team gets that little bit of an advantage, right, they're going to be like three-point favorites a lot of times, even if they're a bad team. But, I mean, oh, man, one-point favorites. I think the Jets can win this game. I think the, the Raiders are still worse than the Chargers. I mean, it's a one-point spread. Problem. They cover it. I say the Jets, I mean, the but Jets can Jesus Christ by what beat anybody? Field goal. Yeah, the Jets can beat anybody, but the Jets could lose to anybody also. I mean, That's it's it's clear that the running game is going to be it. The running game is it. So you know what? I'll I'm just going to say the Jets are going to win, but I think it's going to be another under. It's going to be less than 36 points combined. I definitely don't think the Raiders are going to score 30 points. It's not happening. But I. I don't know how we're going to score more than 12. So Jets win, Cowboys win, blowout, Giants, Cowboys, awful, nobody scores game, Jets, Raiders, I guess. I, I sound sad just saying it. So I think we should just end the podcast. Or who does anybody else have a prediction left? No, I'll just end the podcast. I'm going to end the podcast. All right. I want to <laughs> not ever think about the last two weeks, let alone this season alone. Just end it. 
just hopefully we'll have something guys, lovelier oh, to thank say. Thanks for sticking with us. I know it's been a little bit of a long podcast, but it is, you know, kind of the uh, soul of the uh, New York Football Nation kind of uh, podcast and the death of it. I feel like so. Uh, ah, and Hina apparently really wants us to end this podcast. So. Thank you guys for joining us all the way to the end. Um, uh, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Don't forget to hit that notify button um, so that you guys are up to date on any of our latest videos or uh, episodes. Um, and thanks for watching. Until until next time. Don't even do it. Don't even do it. Let's until just next time. Go Wait. Giants. Go Jets. <sighs> I had to do it. <laughs> we have to do it. We're fans. Peace. Yeah, peace. <laughs>